Hey, Snohomish County. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. We've taken a couple weeks off from this, but uh, I am very excited today to get right back into this. And again, you know, I ran into someone out in the community just uh, last night actually talking about that he saw the podcast and that he just appreciated that it's just our voice. It's just you sitting down talking. We don't do scripts. We don't do notes or anything else. So uh, I'm very excited about my guest today. So I have Jose Garcia, but he goes by Neeners. Um, and uh, I love that you're here today. And then uh, Taryn, you go by TT. Yes. Right? Thank you guys for being here. And we are here to talk about the Hope for Homies organization, what you have going on in Snohomish County in regards to our youth and things like that. But I'll give you both just a second to tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and that kind of thing. So, hey, thanks a lot for having us here today. Um, I'm Nina, the executive director of Hope for Homies and the founder. Um, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I'm just I'm glad to be here today and be able to have my colleague with me and um, just to be a part of this this movement this small po- this uh, podcast movement a little bit. Yeah, my name's Taryn and uh, I do mentoring through Hope for Homies and I'm the head of the Hoods in the Woods program. We take kids out of the four block radius and into nature and we hike, giving them a different environment. That's awesome. So I want I want our community to catch on to you guys' cool names. So Hope for <laughs> Homies and Hoods in the Woods. I don't know. <laughs> You guys are really good at coming up with those names. So those are catchy. That's cool. So I want to talk a little bit about how you and I met because I think it's, I think it's an interesting story. So I got kind of tagged when I came into office as being a conservative, a right winger. I don't buy into any of those labels. I don't like the labels. Um, but, uh, we probably should have never met, to be honest with you. Just yeah. with, I'm in public safety. You're mentoring youth out on Casino Road right now, and we'll get into everything that you're doing. Um, but you reached out to me by my social media platform, <laughs> and, and we didn't know each other at all, but I think the community would like to hear a little bit of that backstory about how that came to be. Yeah, so um, I, got on, uh, I got out of prison in July 20th, 2014, after serving five and a half years in solitary confinement. I got out at 8.09, and um, one of the things is I didn't have any, uh, any work, any life skills, anything. To just I just went straight to the community. And so um, this little old lady, she was about 79 years old at the time, took me on. And I worked for her for like about six, seven years. Um, been working for her for every weekend. I go do, uh, just go help her out now. Just stop being a job. And it just became a, a relationship. And um, I remember her telling me, um, you got to meet this guy. You got to watch this video. And she kept showing it to me. And, uh, and I was like, what is it? And it's, um, it's a sheriff and, um, and, an, and an inmate. And I'm like, let me see this. And so we looked at it, and I looked at it more. And um, she's like, you gotta, you gotta meet him. You gotta meet him. You gotta talk to him. And and she was persistent on it. And I was like, all right, all right, I got you, Mary B. I got you. And so I went and I um, I looked your stuff up, and I looked at the video, and I'm looking, and I'm watching Tyler, and I'm like, man, we don't have a lot of that stuff happening in the community. You know, we have a um, a whole different outlook of how this works. And so I was like, man, I got to hit this guy up, see what's up. Because he's in Snohomish. I'm in Snohomish. So I, I had to, um, I had to ju- just jump on it. And I remember Mary B., uh, when, uh, when I got the email back from you, I went and I showed her the email because she's old school. She has a computer in another room. And she, so I pulled out my phone and I showed it to her. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. I think she was more happier than anything. And I was just like, yes, this is awesome. We're going to make this happen. And so we got the opportunity to get uh, in conversation. It all started with a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so important. That's actually critical to yeah. everything I think we're trying to do. Because if we didn't start with that conversation, I mean, we're sitting here almost two years later. Yes. We've got to know each other. You guys help, helped me out a, a ton. 
Um, I hope I've helped you guys out a little bit, um, but those relationships wouldn't have ever started if you just just start with a conversation yeah. and uh, keep those labels off of people. That's huge for me, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I, I love that story. So thank you for kind of retelling it. But we are here to talk about you guys today. We're talking about Hope for Homies, what you guys have going on in Snohomish County. Um, I've got a separate kind of youth thing going on, which you guys have helped with. But uh, you guys have both kind of become a mentor to me because I'm starting down this path of, of mentoring youth. It is hard work, hard work, yeah. so worthwhile. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs through through that time, through the process. And you guys have been fantastic. But I want to talk about Hope for Homies. Hoods in the woods, all that type of stuff and what you guys have going on. I just want the community to be able to learn about what you're doing and be able to support you more. So go for it. Yeah, of course. Uh, there's something that came to me uh, uh, that um, I remember um, the reason why I was so impacted on trying to create this kinship between us. And it says, um, do not try to occupy our body and try to imagine what we are going through, but engage with us and be different than those who try to analyze us. And I believe in a lot of times the only way that the community can create healing amongst itself is for us to drop not just the labels, but to stop analyzing and stop jumping into the first thing you hear and really going to the source and really conversating. And so one of the things is um, I remember um, when I got it, when I was in prison, uh, uh, I was in solitary confinement. And a lot of the times that I would listen to guys speak, they would speak on stuff that they didn't know about. Like it's always... Um, it went back to childhood trauma and it just created this outlook of the community of the cops of this of that and so i was always like but how are we going to create a different outlook and avenue for folks when they come out of the margins and stuff how do we develop that because we need to have community we need to have kinship and we need to have a hub it don't have to be a building but it has to be amongst all of us working together as a team as a unit because at the end of the day whether you arrest their dad or not the trauma doesn't just come from them being arrested or whatever it is it comes from um just, it's just basic uh, uh, stuff that they either fall into or, or have are fighting against. And so we try to work with the youth a lot to, to, to understand more of we don't want them to be the next gas station at working at a gas station on Casino Road. We want them to develop a better outlook to be able to partner and do stuff that we do here in the community with others and stuff and to try to develop something for their people or whatever people they are raising, and especially their kids because one kid is a generation yeah. – you know, dude, that that's mm -hmm. that's really good. So one of the things that impressed me when I got to meet you guys, um, and that was a that's another story actually. The <laughs> yeah. first time that we met, um, you know, I I go around and meet people all the time as the elected sheriff and things like that. And so you invite me down to what you guys have going on. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to sit in a room with you and we'll have a private conversation. No, nope. you <laughs> threw me right into your circle with these youth, and I'm like I was so incredibly nervous that day. But I was I was so thankful afterwards. So thank you both yeah. both for doing that. But what I like about what you guys have going on is that. That there's a lot of nonprofits that people could support out there. Um, you guys are involved with youth, which is also a, a personal passion of mine, which is cool. But you guys are doing the work. Uh, and, and I can tell the community that 110% that, that you guys are putting in the hours. It is, you are in this for the right reasons, which is what I really appreciate about your organization. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because like we all, we all know what you guys do. I've gotten to know you guys over the last couple of years, but the community is maybe the first time they've heard from you. Yeah. What do you guys do? So do you want to say something? Or? Yeah, so um, so heads in the woods, I think, is a big part of it. Like mm -hmm. We want to catch them when they come, you know, before they fall, you know. And so whether it's dance, art, music, or just having a circle of community, mm -hmm. you know, we want to be able to offer them a, a safe place to go. And, you know, all they see these days is 
concrete, noise, social media, pressures of the world, you know, and they have yeah. all their past trauma as well as the future trauma, you know, that that's about to happen, you know, their anxiety and they have COVID on top of all that. And so how do they deal with that? Where do they have that outlet? And so we sit in a circle, we have our sacred circle, which the will probably tell you a little bit more about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really want them to be able to drop those barriers and have that community. And so Hoods in the Woods, we take them out and um, we give them that place where they can just be in the now, in the presence, you know, here and now. So one of the things that the group that we, we try to, uh, so we have about 15, 36, no, 20 to 30, 25 to 30 kids, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things is um, a lot of times these kids put these parental roles, are, these, these parental roles are placed on them. You know, at age 14, they're taking care of the nine-year-old, the 10-year-old. So one of the things is we know that if we want to target the kids that we really want to intervene with before they end up in a situation where they're locked up, because we're also in the juvenile system. So one of the things is we, we, we have to bring the little ones with us, with them. So we have another, we had to form a, form a new group called the Team teeny tiny homies which consists of the kids from 9 to 12 who we work with on basic skills the older ones we really try to work with them on a we try to hit them with a four prong during the during the week so we have a couple other colleagues so one of the things we try to do is we work with through self-sabotage through boundaries self-reflection mm-hmm. self-identifying and we want them to be able to know not just the self-sabotage that they put on themselves but also what they put on other persons because one of the nine fear factors that we have in our community is fearship over friendship it's just the biggest thing in the neighborhoods you know you have people that are like hey um don't go to school today let's go kick it and you don't know you don't want to say no so you go with them and then you end up in a situation where you can't get out of and so we try to get them in scenarios so they understand that so that before they get in the real scenario of that so we work with them through that stuff and we we just every every monday we have a group from four to six we, we feed them pick them up we drive everywhere we drive a big white van picking them up we spend a lot of time driving <laughs> and mm-hmm. then we um we jump into group we created a sacred circle where we do check-ins, where we do where we validate each other's emotions because sometimes our emotions we, we want to show up happy. We want everybody to show up happy, but it doesn't work like that. We're a safety net for these kids. So with them being a safety net, they have to be able to vent to us. So sometimes they get mad at us, sometimes they cuss at us, sometimes they yell at us, mm-hmm. but we know that they, they trust us in that sense. As for someone else that's in and, and, and it's nothing against them, but for someone else that's in a school, this happens in a school, they get suspended. But we just have to be that safety net for the not just for the community but for the schools and everybody else so that they have somewhere where they can go and be themselves. So we develop the check-ins and then we do this. We run a, a sacred circle. We run our four norms, which is accountability, structure, teamwork, and motivation because we want to make sure that they, they stay motivated, that they have teamwork and that they work amongst each other. And then we run that on Mondays, Tuesdays. We do a lot of life skills. So one of the things we have is we have internal. Uh, we work with a sheriff from Empowerment. We do life, uh, life skill coaches and social emotional. And then on Tuesdays, we do a GED and... Um, a GD driver's license and we start setting them up if they have tattoo removal because we also have tattoo removal and then on Wednesdays we do some out we do um, more of the hoods in the woods kind of thing and then on Thursdays is our down day and then Fridays we have another group going on we have you know because on Tuesdays and Thursdays we're in the juvenile system so Friday we do another four to six group that it's more based on life skills and not just your basic life skills talking about how do you build a resume how do you do how do you um how do you put an application it's yeah. more than that you know because you got to be able to um Coming from this lifestyle, I didn't know that I could, 
I had to bring pay stubs to buy a house. I didn't know that you had a, I couldn't just show up with $10,000 and get a down payment. It didn't work like that. And we don't know that. We we just think it, that's how it works because that's how it's portrayed out there in, in, our, in our community. But in all reality, you have to have a job. You have to have pay stubs. You have to learn how to save. You have to learn how to do this. You have to learn how to buy your new Jordans and you have to learn all kinds, just basic life skills that we don't know of because yeah. we've never had it. Our trophies have always been different than other people's trophies. And so it's just teaching those two those true values so that they can succeed in the future that, that is so good and it's so good to hear hear this perspective from both both of you um one of the things is you just described that you're mentoring youth in snohomish county and you guys have a, a space and i'll mention that at, at the end because they're looking for a new one snohomish county uh in mm-hmm. in everett if you can help out with that uh but you bring people in but you you guys take it a step further and you guys have described to me that and one thing really stuck that you told me one day is that with kids that are in our juvenile prison system within Washington state. And you said, Adam, that they're, they're going to get out at some point, they, they're going to be introduced back into society. Do we want them just in this prison or do we want to work on that transition? Now, I never thought about it that way until you said that that day. So can you just like briefly talk about, cause you're actually visiting prisons. Yeah. You're mentoring youth within the prison system in hopes that you can help with their transition into being, uh, you know, productive once they get out. Yeah, so we're in Echo Glen. Uh, we go uh, mon- Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're in Echo Glen. We run five groups. Um, they consist of um, well, sometimes there's five, sometimes there's fifteen. It just depends on the the, the the people that they have in there incarcerated. So we work with them, and then we kind of have a thing called the homie plan. We don't really focus too much on goal planning because I think they hear that enough in a lot of groups that they go through. So we work with a homie plan, and a homie plan just basically they're telling us what they want, and then we figure out how we can maneuver and figure where they what chapter of their life that's going to fit into. Because I mean, some of them want to picket fence a White House, and this and well, we have to find the steps to get there. And I get the goals, and I I, I understand understand how they how they do their stuff but i think this has been a lot easier for us and it's allowed us to go deeper into the trauma because i don't think any kid coming out is just gonna um it's just gonna stay focused if he doesn't work on himself internally i mean i'm 40 years old and i'm still working on myself so we do a lot of that the same same groups we run 12 weeks um we run from in um from week one all the way to week 12 just straight working on them working making sure i bring in the right people to come around them and then when they release, as a matter of fact, when they release the harp, the we try to we one of the things that we do different at Hope for Homies is we offer them if they're old enough to get a job with us so that they can be be zoned and be be patient and work on themselves. So we pay them to work on themselves. We have them come for um, thirty to forty hours work at Hope for Homies. Um, they work on um, all the, the the stuff we do with other kids. We they work on their license. They work on getting them mobilized. They work on getting them. Um, housing we work on making sure we do all that and we're paying them to do that we're giving them jobs at the same time they're also mentoring our other youth that are out here that are not have never been in the system so that's a big key to what we like to do because um just like how we are right here right now you know the only way people are going to understand is if you come from that lifestyle if you know that and you guys can communicate and talk and that's why these podcasters are awesome so on that on that note about where we come from i want to talk about just a little bit more um, I, I think the community, cause you had mentioned you'd been to prison, yeah. you've been out for several years now. You're doing, you're doing awesome, doing great things for the community. But one of the questions I think the community would want is, is what you're in prison as a juvenile and well into adulthood. What, what changed? What, what changed for you? What, what was that moment that you're like, I got to do something different in life? So I wasn't, um, so I got locked up really young. I got locked up in nine in like 
my first time locked up was in 1991. I was 10 years old. Um, I was, I, again, English is my second language. Mm -hmm. So I had to teach myself how to speak English. Um, and I taught myself, you know, just watching shows that a lot of you, a lot of us older people probably know, like Welcome Back, Cotter, Happy Days, Three's Company, and um, Gilligan's Island. And so I started learning how to speak English. And then I ended up getting wrapped up into gangs, just the fact that that was what was embedded into our community. And um, by the time I was 14 and when, when I went off to prison, um, I had had a daughter at 13 and I was in, in the juvenile system. I was locked up. I went to Green Hill. I went there and I went in there with the um, I don't give a F attitude. Mm. You know, so I just it is what it is. That's what I would always live by. And I remember being in the hole 2000 and that was 1996 when I fell 2010. I was in the hole. And I had just came back from out of state from, uh, uh, I think they shot, they, shot, they shot me, uh, they shot us out of state for a little bit or something. They did something with us. And um, I remember coming back and then um, I was sitting in solitary confinement and I was looking at the walls and I was like, man, and I'm going to tell you, this is, it's, it sucks, but it was the best thing that hit me. I, um, I never stressed before. I've never stressed. I've just done my time. And, um. I had a panic attack. I literally had a hands-down panic attack. Never had one before. I didn't know what it was. So I started looking into it and asking questions about it. Um, in the community that I was brought up in the neighborhood, um, we had to internal, internally keep our stuff. And so when I had that attack, it really hit me that I was holding on to a lot of stuff. And I'm just one person. So I imagined myself as a 14-year-old who went through all the trauma that I went through as a kid, who had to sit there and watch his mom get beat down, who had to sit there and watch his dad turn become an alcoholic and leave, who had to sit there and work in the fields from sunup to sundown, who had to sit through all this. I watched it. And I was like, damn, this is not right. This is not it. And that's when I, it just hit me. And I just started talking to other people and then I started reading some books some really um some really um I started reading Awakening the Giant Within it's a really good book it's a uh, self-help book and I started reading it and then I just started asking asking the, the people questions and while I was in Shelton solitary confinement Green Hill was sending their youth there they were 16 17 when they get in a fight they get sent to the solitary confinement where I was at in Shelton so I'd run into these little 16 year old kids and I'd ask them questions and I started realizing a lot of the stuff was, a lot of the reasons that they were in the situation where was key to where, where they came from, a key to the trauma that they've been to. So it was really that at that moment that I realized I got to build something for the, for not just for the community, but for our people. And I don't mean our people as like brown or whatever. I, I, I really mean um, folks that have been hit with trauma. Folks that have been, because trauma doesn't have a face. Let's keep it 100. There's nobody that could tell me that trauma looks brown or trauma looks mm -hmm. black or trauma looks white. Um, trauma doesn't have a face. It comes internally and it hits us all. So um, I really wanted to build something around that. So that's why I'm really interested. That's my biggest thing right now yeah. to do. Thank you for sharing that. I know sometimes that can be hard. Um, I've heard your story before. It's super impactful. So I just appreciate that you've been through some very rough stuff and you're out here in our community in Snohomish County trying to do the right thing. Um, so thank you guys yeah. for that. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about what we're doing today after this. I think it's important. And th this is why um, they are the Hope for Homies organization is touring the Snohomish County Jail. That's not a normal thing that we do. Not a normal thing that we get that request of, okay? <laughs> um, but I really clued into the reason behind it. You're, 
it's not that you really care that what we have going on in corrections over there. You are trying to benefit the kids that you are mentoring and trying to understand from a better perspective. If one of their parents happens to be in a jail, maybe you can figure out something, uh, at least from their perspective, what the kids may be going through. Can you guys talk about that just a little bit about what we're doing this afternoon? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Uh, um, I'm excited to take my staff through there because uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything that I've, um, I mean, I've been in jail, <laughs> so yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's really, um, just like when I tell you guys to come to my village and to meet my youth, I want you to feel the impact of what that feels like. I don't want you to, I don't care mm-hmm. if you show up in your suit or whatever you show up in any way you show up, you show up real and you see the realness of it. And so I want my staff to see what we're, yeah. what is the fight? Where is the passion? Why we do this? And why does Nina's lose sleep all the time and is constantly trying to build this organization mm-hmm. for, for the community? And why is he always all about, let's create kinship, let's create community, let's become a team, let's build unity, you know? So I'm excited. I, I uh, to take uh, my staff there, I mean, it's it's gonna be a blessing. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it'll be your first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that that Tyler said when we visited with our Lead the Way program. So Tyler is someone that uh, we're working with. He had been to jail many times. He's done run on a good path now. Is when he walked through the doors, he's like, "Man, I've never walked through these doors before and been able to walk out on my own." <laughs> so that's that was uh, yeah, that's funny. that's so true. Uh, this will be the first, uh, I think the first real jail I visit. I've visited a lot of juvenile institutions, a lot of, mm-hmm. I just, I've never gone back to jail. I just, um, I remember when I would get locked up, um, when I came back from court, for court, sitting in that little cell um, in my boxers. And uh, I was like, man, one day I'm going to get released from here. And I was like, man, it's been years. I've been out seven and a half years. And so it's been a blessing. And so I'm interested to see how that impacts me internally too as well. Because, I mean, sometimes we got to remember where we come from, you know? Absolutely. So your organization, Hope for Homies, um, 501c3. Yes. So you Mm -hmm. run on donations, plus there's some contracts and things like that. I think it's really involved. We don't need to go into all of that. But how can, if the community like heard this podcast today, maybe they want to reach out and help you. We can put on on the screen when we wrap up your email address and all that. So it's really clear for people. But what kind of help do you guys need? What do you guys need as an organization? I mean, I'm I'm, going to tell you straight Tell it like it is, man. You always do. Uh we need we need people to support us with food. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. No, nah, I just always. like we're always no. We you have better a, be we, ready. We have a bunch of ki- we have a bunch of kids that, that you know. It's just I think the biggest support that we can give from the community is just just to be just to be seen. That's the biggest thing. Is if the community can see who we are and what we're doing. I get it. We're a five hundred one c three. You know, seeking donations is always a must, and seeking funding is always a must. But it's always really good for you to get to know your organization, what you're going to support, and get to know what they do, so that you can know what you're you're, you're embedding your funding into or what you're embedding your time into because i mean we as a nonprofit know that it's hard for people to just to cop cop uh especially with the gas prices just to cop oh, 20 yeah. bucks to that or 30 mm-hmm. bucks or 40 it's more I'd, I'd feel it more impactful to our organization if you got to know who we are as an organization yeah. get to know us become a relationship with us so that eventually you can either come and join in one of our lab team one of our gd testing classes and support one of our youths spend time with one of our youths i mean i'm not really um that's what I see a lot of times, and, and I know that everybody's so quick to just shoot with numbers, but me, I'm more important about the kids and the community. How do we create the, the people to see each other? Because we're here to bridge two divergent worlds, and we're yep. doing it right now in this podcast, yeah. and so we had to try to build that in our community. 
That's good. What do you think, TT? I mean, honestly, food always is is, <laughs> is helpful, though. I mean, we run groups all the time, and um, we do have our volunteers, but even donations of food or gift cards so we can go and buy the food. We have a lady that cooks for us, and um, she cooks from her heart and feeds them well. And um, so, I mean, it always feels good for the kids to have a home-cooked meal, too. Okay. I mean, that's really special for them. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Gift cards is mm-hmm. the biggest thing, especially with our reentry stuff. Um, today yeah. at 215, we're in King County. Um, we're in King County working with a girl who's just finishing off a big long sentence at a okay. juvenile. She's 22 now. So we're going to hire her wow. on to work with us mm-hmm. and she'll be working for help for homies, but we're over there going to support her in her court as she gets released. And then, um, this weekend we're in Spokane running a reentry program. And a lot of times is we can't just give them money. So it's like, Hey, here's a gift card to take you to go get some clothes, some duds, you know, just whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need. And so those are the biggest things too and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it helps out a lot to the community, to uh, our youth and stuff. So that's good to know. Maybe, uh, when we uh, publish this, this, this podcast, we'll put something at the end. Um, because we have a large reach at the sheriff's office, which is why we're sitting here talking today. And I think it's a good thing. So maybe we can have like a, I don't know if it's a drive is the right word or at least a location where if, cause if you ask for food from the community, they're going to come through. I yeah. can tell you that. <laughs> um, so you guys got to be ready to, but yeah. we can figure that we can figure that part out. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to kind of wrap up yes. something. Um, I didn't, no one knows I'm doing this, but so I got to tell the backstory to this. I'm not, I was never a huge challenge coin guy. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into office, but then everybody kept giving me their coins, <laughs> right? And I'm like, I have got nothing to give you, but now I do. So I have a coin. Um, but this is a little bit different. So uh, bear with me for just a minute while I tell you the story. So I'm in Northwest Montana visiting family last summer, and I ran into a business owner in the community. He owns uh, Bertelson uh, Tattoo and Art Shop, okay? Full of tattoos, all that kind of stuff. And we just, we got talking, we talked for about a half hour or so. And I was still a fairly new sheriff at the time. So, and we're talking about his business and, and Kalispell and things like that. And, uh, at the end of it, he goes, Hey Adam, I, I want you to have this coin, but I got to tell you about it. And he goes, this isn't your typical challenge coin. It's a coin. It's called carry the skull. And I know that sounds dark and it's not dark. It's, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Actually. It's just a cool little name they have. And he goes, this isn't the challenge coin. I'm going to, I'm going to present it to you today because I think it's cool what you have going on. And we had talked about our lead the way program and things like that. And he said, this coin is meant for you to hang on to. And then when someone comes into your life that is doing positive for the community, for the greater good. Um, It's also kind of a reminder to take a step back sometimes and enjoy our time here on earth. And so when you find that person, I want you to present that coin to him or her to carry that on. So I'm going to present to you my carry the skull coin, not about the coin. It's about the message behind it. They even put the website on there so you can read everything about what the thought process is behind this. But I wanted you to have that because you you have impacted me in a huge way. Now, if I don't do anything else as sheriff other than got to know you guys in your organization, that will be worth it to me. Um, you guys have truly become friends. I struggled with this last session of my youth and I came in, I asked to meet with you and every time you're like, yeah, come in anytime you want. And Mm -hmm. you guys just have accepted me with open arms. And like I said, at the beginning of this, probably we should have never met, but you guys have been the exact opposite that you've just been so gracious, so welcoming, helping me, which I think is helping the sheriff's office and helping kids, which is our kind of our goal, our thing that we have in common. So I wanted to thank you guys, present that coin to you. When you come across, I've had it for eight, nine months. And I'm like, this is the time I got to do it because you have impacted me that much. You both have. Um, And so I'm very appreciative of that. And thank you guys very much. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate this. Absolutely. 
read about it. It's really cool. I'm good now. So, okay. Um, so we're going to wrap up. Is there anything else you got? I don't, you don't want to end on uh, anything or anything like that? I just want to say, um, one last thing is I want to, I want you to know that like in all true reality, I've been around a lot of times, a lot of people and, uh, mm-hmm. Taryn has to around people that always talk about, try to make change yeah. in the community and that they, they have the authority, they have the power. Um, and I get it, their life gets busy, and I get it as a sheriff, it probably gets busier. But for you to be able to create something for the community in a sector that we can never reach, it is a blessing and honor to see that happen because you are reaching a community that is not our community, but it is a community. Like I said, trauma has no face on mm-hmm. it. So you are reaching a community, and it's honoring to be able to be a part of that with you and to be able to see and sit there with you when you do these graduations, when you call in for support, because I'm not just here to support you. I'm here to support the fact that we're supporting our own youth out here mm-hmm. in the community. We are as a team at Hope for Homies. So you guys always, always can count on us on anything that needs to happen that way moving forward. So thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of that too as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys for being here today. I really appreciate it. I look forward to the future. It's going to be good. So Hope for Homies, if you guys can help out, then help out. That'd be great. But uh, until next time, we'll talk then. Thank you.